You're about to listen to another Bonversation. Bonversations feature the most interesting and insightful people in the act realm and beyond. Every episode is made possible by people like you who value and support independent media. Now here's your host, JLB. It wasn't a tent, it was this magnificent thing. Okay, so Bonversations episode number 42, and today we're talking about this idea that there are some people out there and they put large ice cubes into parachute harnesses and drop them out of planes and then the ice cubes fall into the forest or into whatever and then people think they're being attacked because there's all of these empty parachute harnesses in the forest and they think somebody must have been in that harness but he's not anymore so where is he so we're going to talk about that crazy idea and so much more with our special guest making his second appearance here on Bombersations on February 29, 2024. So this is a once-in-four-year event, and it's great to have with us for episode number 42, Les Luther from somewhere in England. Thanks for taking the time to join us at Bombersations. John, how's it going, my friend? How are you? You know, I'm splendid, and like I said, today is Bombersation number 42, and today happens to be day number 42 of my current health kick. And that means 42 days with zero alcohol. And I have to say, Liz, I've lost a few kilos and I'm feeling fantastic. How about you? That's good to hear, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, there's nothing. I'm going to be honest with you and everyone listening. There's nothing going on my end. I'm just enjoying kind of the hermit kind of phase of, of, of the year. And uh, yeah, man, roll on summer. Isn't it? I wanna, I'm want I'm a summer kid. Uh, you know, hopefully as the sun starts to come out a bit more, there'll be more going on. And, and to be honest with you, I'm still, I know we spoke about this last time, I'm still kind of 50-50 about whether I'm ever going to do one of my illusion warfare boots on the ground reports ever again. Um, you may have all noticed that like this year, things are coming up on World Stage Theatre and they're gone within 24 hours. So even if I was to get there real quick, most people have forgotten about it and they're on to the next thing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm still up in the air about my whole kind of travel vlogging, op-era, world stage theatre investigating content. I don't know if I'm going to carry on or not. I just don't know. So, um, yeah, man. Well, you say that there's not much going on. However, I know for a fact that you have uploaded some content this year. I want to talk with you about your video, Echoes of Eternity, where you're talking about this British expeditionary force from World War II and what you see as these echoes, as you call them, to what's happening today with... And this is a thing I didn't even know about till I saw it in your video. They've got this thing called the Joint Expeditionary Force and this exercise Steadfast Defender 24. And so what you see, and we'll talk about this later on, is you see similarities between what happened in World War II, in the lead-up to World War II, I should say, and what's happening today. So we'll talk about that. You uploaded a video called Rommel Arrives, and you used this cheeky little technique I've never seen anybody do before where you used SimCity or some kind of SimCity game to illustrate what you think is going on we'll talk about that and then the Ice Cube Deception I'm not making this up Les I had never heard of this Ice Cubes in Parachutes idea until I heard it from you so that's just a small sample of some of the stuff that you've been uploading so far this year and of course for listeners who are listening to this out of order Les was on the show a couple of months ago telling us about how he went to Ukraine to document what was happening in real life. And it was very different to what they were saying on the TV. And you are, as far as I know, Liz, the only person in this entire corner of the internet 
who's done that. Because people used to say to me, Oh, JLB, if you don't think the war is real, then why don't you just go to the war zone and document that it's fake and you'll be world famous? My reply these days is, well, there's a guy who did that. His name is Les Luthor. He actually went there and documented that what we were told on the TV wasn't real. And is he world famous? No, he isn't. Because guess what? Most people don't care about this stuff, Les. So even if you go and document that there is no war going on, whatever they're telling you on TV, okay, that's great. But I'm here. I'm here right now in Kiev. Or I'm here in Odessa. And look, nothing. So there's something very strange going on here. So even after you documented it, Les, the reality is even in this corner of the internet, with all these people who like to say that they're awake and they're red-pilled and they know the truth, even most of them probably are still not all that familiar with your work, despite my best efforts, Les, to promote everything you've done. And I've made quite a few videos promoting Les Luther, saying, guys, here's someone who's actually there. He's confirming with his camera and with his eyeballs that this war on your telescreen is not based on a real war in real life. Most people, Liz, still, uh, they just don't seem to care about this stuff. No, um, you said a lot of stuff there. So firstly, do you think them videos are quite good on my Patreon where I'm giving examples of, this, of like deception campaigns over the wars? Because I don't know whether they carry on doing them or not. I don't know if people are enjoying them. From what you just said, it sounded like you got what I was talking about and you enjoy them. As for that whole... What was I was going to say next. Yeah, the, the Ukraine thing, you know, it went viral, but for the wrong reasons, in my opinion. It went viral because people were using it as a way to have a go at Joe Biden. Like a lot of, I, I believe it went viral because a lot of the Trumper type people in America were using it to basically take snipes at, at Joe Biden. And it wasn't about it. I'm trying to say all of the world stage fear is fear, fully immersive 4D fear. And um, I think my resume is looking quite good now because I've also gone to where they've said there are wildfires which haven't added up where they've said there's volcanoes and it hasn't added up probably my best work of all was in France when it was them um, pension reforms riots that were going on and I got there on the peak day and I think I came across some pretty like good evidence regarding like how clearly someone somewhere I don't know we don't I don't want to give them a name which just call them the hidden hand secret unknowns for now is organizing this event you know from start to finish and although the people taking part might think it's real it's clearly an event no different than an event like a music event and so on so back over to you john i don't know what what direction you want to go there well i did see that on your patreon you posted a question to ask people do you prefer the longer videos or the shorter videos and it looks like most of the responses said they prefer the longer videos but I think what you've been doing is clever. These 10 to 15 minute videos where you're making one or two fairly straightforward points and then illustrating them. I think in this day and age, that's probably more effective because people's attention spans seem to be getting shorter in real time. As in, in the nine years that I've been involved in this so-called truth content creation, I believe in those nine years, I have seen people's attention spans decrease dramatically. So... Probably you're better off sticking with the 10 to 15 minute videos. And uh, in terms of, you say that you don't know if you're going to go to these these uh, war zones to document the fakery. Well, let's hope there are no more fake wars. But if there are any fake wars, Les, I do hope, selfishly, that you will go and document them. Even if most of the world doesn't care, even if most of the so-called awake people still want to believe that the wars on the telescreen are real, 
There are some of us out there, Liz, who do appreciate what you've been doing very much. I'm sure you've heard of the expression, um, one gram of evidence weighs more than 10 tons of theory. I like to think that I'm that one gram of evidence. What I'm getting hold of regarding like, evidence-wise, it might be tiny, but it weighs a lot in regard to people who I'm kind of up against, like the David Ikes, the Alex Jones of the world, that are just constantly just spewing words with no kind of real backup about it. So, um, yeah, I, I do think it's an important you know, a thing to do. Boots on the ground, guerrilla journalism. And also, it's, for me, it's an adventure as well. Like, And, I, and uh, it's an exciting thing for me to do. And it gives me a reason to go somewhere. Because regarding like holidays and stuff, I've never been one for like a lounging holiday. Like, let's just go to Spain for a week and lounge around. I like having a reason to go down. I like, you know, feeling the energy of what's going on. And that's another good point is that I don't think I can ever really show people the energy of these places where something is allegedly going on. Um, I can only ever really kind of like explain it to people. But, you know, these, a lot of these places, there's a very weird, surreal Truman Show type energy floating around. But yeah, man, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, the next one I do, I want it to be always different from the last one. And there's been a few coming up. I mean, there's, there's a whole border crisis in, in, you know, Texas slash Mexico. That would be quite interesting. Oh, sorry, that's what you brought up. So, yeah, Steadfast Defender, the biggest NATO exercise of, of all time is currently happening. And usually that kind of, in, in my opinion, is always a cover story for some kind of world stage theater. Like, while they're claiming to be moving 90,000 NATO troops, is a good way for the circus to also move around under the cover, under the guise of a NATO exercise. So, you know, something might turn up this week up until, I think it ends around May, allegedly. Last year, when there was a big NATO exercise, it was exactly coinciding with those riots that were taking place in France, which I think were one and the same. Well, I didn't even know about those exercises until I saw your video. So I'm going to insert a clip here in post of that same video. Now, this is from, and I wrote this down, this is from some YouTube channel called Forces.net. And the video is called British Army Prepares for NATO's Biggest Show of Force Since Cold War. So this is something that's happening more or less as we speak. This is relatively recent. So they're talking about some kind of exercise, some kind of military exercise and show of force to do with NATO versus Russia, basically. I didn't even know this was going on, this until I saw your video. So I'll insert this clip. This is from a YouTube channel, which has hundreds of thousands of subscribers. Liz, I tried to look into who's actually behind this YouTube channel. Is it some government? And it was kind of difficult. I had to click through quite a few different links to get to the, the crux of the matter. But the point is, this is an official outlet of a military propaganda, and their channel is full of dozens and dozens of videos just like this. And in this particular one, Les, they're talking about these military exercises. So before I insert this clip for the listeners, can you tell us, in your video, Echoes of Eternity, why did you feature this clip? So yeah, Forces News are the propaganda wing of the British military. But they, the way they do, the way they set their videos is they make it out like it's just a bunch of like YouTubers making video on the military. But they are state-sponsored propaganda directly from the British military. So the reason is, is because it draws parallels to what happened in World War II leading up to the invasion of Poland and France, mainly France, where the British sent a large contingent of their troops over to mainland Europe 
as a kind of deterrent. And they were called the BEF, the British Expeditionary Force. And in my opinion, you're seeing the same thing now. Same thing's happening. A big contingent of British forces are now in Europe, supposedly kind of, you know, being a deterrent to Putin and Russia. So it's the exact same kind of parallels here. History is kind of repeating itself. In my opinion, regarding World War Three, which I'm saying we're in right now already, the best way to kind of look at it is to go back and look at World War Two and how that unfolded. Um, there's obviously a few slight changes. I know it's a lot more, although it's British-led, it's a lot more European involved now. But um, yeah, man, it's the same kind of, same playbook, shall we say. So this is called British Army Prepares for NATO's Biggest Show of Force Since Cold War from Forces News. 800,000 subscribers. This video has over 200,000 views. It was uploaded four weeks ago. Let's take a listen to this. This is the start of Exercise Steadfast Defender, NATO's largest exercise since the Cold War. 500 troops, 162 military vehicles, but this is just the beginning. Operating under the spearhead force, NATO's very high readiness joint task force, the 2nd Battalion, the Royal Anglian Regiment, known as the Poachers, are convoying through villages in the East Midlands with foxhounds, jackals and land rovers, to the surprise of locals. This is all in preparation for their involvement in NATO's Steadfast Defender, where they will begin with Exercise Polish Dragon, one of its 11 exercises taking place in Poland. Exercise Steadfast Defender will travel through the entire transatlantic region as a show of force, strength and unity of NATO allies following the illegal invasion of Russian troops to Ukraine. Let's break down the numbers. There's a total of 90,000 soldiers taking part from 31 allies and Sweden, 20,000 from the UK armed forces. The British Army are deploying 16,000 troops, including tanks, artillery, helicopters, parachutes, an Army and Navy Joint Helicopter Force and Army Special Operations Forces. The Royal Navy are sending 2,000 sailors, eight warships and submarines, a UK carrier strike group along with F-35B Lightning jets, helicopters and escort ships, and more than 400 Royal Marine commandos. The RAF are sending an F-35B Lightning attack aircraft and Poseidon P-8 surveillance aircraft. Back at Kendry Barracks, this is just one element of the Spearhead Force, which is led by 7th Light Mechanized Brigade Combat Team, the Desert Rats, who command the multinational land force of around 6,000 troops and more than 600 armoured and protected mobility vehicles. Under their command, they'll be ready to deploy at speed to NATO's call. Kirsty Chambers, Forces News, Kendry Barracks. Okay, so that was a video that to me is overt propaganda. And the point that you were making in your video, Echoes of Eternity, is that you think that this, this, what do they call it, Joint Expeditionary Force, which again, I didn't even know existed, but apparently it's a real thing. You're saying that you think it's similar to the British Expeditionary Force, which was the forerunner or was involved in the lead up to World War II. Yeah, so this time around they're called the JEF, the Joint Expeditionary Force. It's 10 nations led by the British. 
yeah man it's, it's the same it's the same playbook and <laughs> what they're doing is they're driving the, the longest way around through Europe so they're deliberately driving these big scary military vehicles through all the little villages in Germany and Poland and that you know they're bringing the war into people's reality yeah this is what I talk about regarding illusion warfare when they bring the 4D fully immersive theater to your street so you might have a, a couple that live on a farm in the countryside of Poland have no idea there's a war on next thing you know you see 30 intimidating armored jackal vehicles going past with union jacks flying uh, masked men with guns going through your village it brings it to life it makes the, the war seem real to them and that's in my opinion what it's all about to make people believe in this world war fiction you have to have tanks driving past you in some way shape or form and there's a lot of that going on all around at the moment. I don't know if you've heard, but over here in the UK, they've got this um, smashed up ambulance. It's basically a shot up ambulance, allegedly from Ukraine. And it's basically doing a tour right now of the UK. It's going to every major city. And next to it, there'll be a, a woman in a military costume. Allegedly, she's a Ukrainian medic. And, you know, this is basically, yet again, it's bringing the fiction to your to your feet and making it I guess an attempt to make it more believable to people, right? Ambulance shot up there, smashed up window, bullet holes all through it. And, and there's, there's this been going on now since the start of that war. I know they've been doing, I don't know, John, they might be doing it in Bulgaria, I don't know, but they were doing the whole thing of bringing like um, captured Russian tanks to certain places. Like I know they did it in Riga, um, I think Vilnius in Lithuania. And they basically put it on display right outside the main train station or whatever so everyone could see a tank in real life all shot up and bashed up yeah again it's all about bringing that fiction into your into your physical reality okay i didn't know about this so once you mentioned it i just googled it just now and i put into google ukraine ambulance england the top video is from two days ago from forces news the same youtube channel that i mentioned that we both mentioned a moment ago so Forces News YouTube has a video called Ukrainian Combat Medics Touring UK in Bombed Ambulance Recall Horrors of War. So this is no word of a lie, listeners. I'm learning this as you're hearing this. I'm going to insert this clip here. It's just two minutes. Let's take a listen to what these people have to say. So the setup here is they've got this ambulance covered in bullet holes and looks like it's been hit by some kind of uh, attack as as you can hear as you can hear john is trying his hardest not to laugh because that's well, how ridiculous well i didn't even know this Sorry, was a ahead, thing john. les like i'm talking to you now it's what is it today thursday this apparently was uploaded a couple yeah. of days ago so has this been a story in england for a long time or just like the last two days this has become a thing i'd say the last two weeks it's just doing it's doing a uk tour it's going from like manchester to birmingham you know they slowly drive it through the city whilst a medic is holding a sign saying, you know, the war in Ukraine is going on now. You know, basically trying to guilt trip people. But what does this remind you of, John? For me, this is the scandemic all over again when they had these kind of electronic posters they were kind of driving around saying, you know, stay home, save lives. Do this, do that, wash your hands. You know, this is the stuff I talk about. This is illusion warfare. All right, let's take a look at this. So this is Ukrainian combat medics touring UK in bombed ambulance Recall horrors of war. Listeners, let's take a listen to this. A stark reminder of the daily violence happening on the other side of Europe. 
the destruction the war in Ukraine has brought and the toll it's taking on the people on the front line trying to save lives. The combat medics facing the horrors of war. It's quite dangerous, of course, and it's a lot of pain. Uh, you know, we, we experience the most disgusting side of the war, and war disgusting by itself, but this, this side is very disgusting. We usually saw death, usually, we usually see death, we usually see uh, a lot of wounded people, crashed bodies, uh, burned bodies, and it's, it's quite stressful, I think. The ambulance was bombed in Kharkiv in 2022 and the medics are taking it across the UK to remind people here about the violence brought to their country by Russian forces. And two years on from the full-scale invasion, this tour of cities is to remind us all that Ukraine needs help if it's to survive. We couldn't do what we do without Western support, Western training, and now Ukrainian training is such to a level we can teach Western people in certain aspects. Um, we have so many guns, uh, we're running out of ammunition. Uh, up until Christmas I serve in Kherson, in the south. Um, our artillery firing is virtually non-existent now, and we have the guns. Ukraine faces a ruthless enemy in its homeland. Russian forces have targeted medics and medical facilities during the invasion, with almost 200 medics killed by Russian weapons. They, of course, uh, continue to be uh, Russian targets because Russia also bombed hospitals all, uh, and civilian hospitals and schools and uh, all our civilian infrastructure. While the war is happening hundreds of miles away, it's hoped this example of the destruction it brings will act as a reminder of us all to the struggle in Ukraine. The daily violence that's a reality to so many and those trying to do their bit to help. David Sibbles McCann, Forces News, Edinburgh. All right, so Les, I didn't know about that. To answer your question, is this happening in Bulgaria? As far as I'm aware, no. We do not have bombed out ambulances doing a tour of the country to encourage us to feel sympathy for the Ukrainians. As far as I know, that's not happening here. But you know what this reminds me of? And I don't know if this is true, but I listen to different podcasts from different places, including Australia, of course. And I know some people were saying that they were theorizing that during the, the madness of 2020, during you know the, the so-called pandemic, that there were more ambulances on the road and people were hearing sirens more. And the theory that some of these people had was that these ambulances were empty and they weren't going to call outs for sick people or people in uh, emergency situations. These were essentially just ambulances that were giant props that were being sent to drive around so that the masses would hear the ambulances, they'd hear the sirens, and it would help with the pantomime of the pandemic. Have you heard this theory before? Well, who, um, that's my theory. Who, who did you hear it from? That's my... I know that's... I know, and it's a theory I know is true because... In the first two weeks of the scandemic, I, I done I started ambulance training, driving training. So should I talk about this? Yeah, go for it. This. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you want to, go for it. Okay, right, right, right. So the, 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 the scandemic started. I can't remember when because I'm shit with dates, but I think it was the 3rd of March, right? 3-3. Free, free. Uh, kind of kicked in, right? So round, I thought, you know what? I want to be around the action. So I went on Indeed.com on the app. There's a, like synchronicity, a job's there in my area, ambulance driver. It's not an NHS ambulance driver. It's a private, the private company that does it on behalf of the NHS, like half of it's privatized. Now, usually I would never get a job like that because I've got a criminal record. And jobs like that, 
it's usually a no-go. But where the world was in chaos with the whole scandemic going on, they were just they just took me on and put me straight on the training. Now, when I was um, doing the training, they sent me to a depot where I had to do my first aid level three and kind of basic ambulance driving where I tested to see I could drive a big van and stuff. This is, this is now on the news, they're telling us there's a deadly pandemic. Yeah, I'm at this ambulance depot and all the ambulance drivers are just sitting around, not doing anything, with their sunglasses on, just chilling out. It was very surreal for me because I was talking to these ambulance drivers like, asking the question, you know, do you think this is real now? Oh yeah, yeah, it's definitely real. And I'm looking around thinking, like how insane the world is because clearly he's sitting here an ambulance driver on his ass doing nothing yet he's claiming it's real so anyway what they were doing was they had an influx of nhs drivers as well where all the bus drivers and stuff were like um like the civil servant lorry drivers and stuff were off they basically put them through ambulance training right on the on the whole kind of like preparation that there's going to be a big wave of death coming and what they were doing were driving up and down the motorway, doing their training with their blue lights on. Now, the public seeing this, they would look out the window and just see empty ambulances racing up and down, not knowing that these are people just doing their blue light training. Fucking real clever, don't you think, John? But this, yet again, this is how they do it. This is how they, you know, these, it's almost kind of brilliant. Like I kind of like have to smile at how amazing that is. But yeah, that's 100% what happened. And that went on for the good the good first year of the scandemic over here in the UK. This whole influx of training ambulance drivers, which they didn't need, which was them racing up and down with their blue lights on in an empty ambulance. Be- amazing. And it's so effective too, thing, isn't it? By the way, it works perfectly well. Yeah. It's so effective because the average person isn't thinking, is this real or is this fake? Okay, they, they're not conscious of what's going on in that sense and in their minds they've got no reason to doubt the stories are being told so if they're going to get into their car and go to work or if they're going to take their kids to the park or if they're doing whatever and they see an ambulance or they hear the sirens even if they're not conscious of it that's going into their mind it's helping to reinforce this idea that there's lots of people dying or getting sick because of this deadly disease because some guy had a bat in china it makes perfect sense. Like, if you were going to try and pull off a, a giant pantomime, a giant live-action role-play like this, that'd be a smart thing to do. Just send a whole bunch of, bunch of empty ambulances around, <laughs> driving around with their sirens on and with the blue lights on. It. When you think Brilliant. about it, it makes Absolutely. perfect sense, actually. Yeah. Um, over here, also, what they would do, they'd send them in, in twos. So it'd be, like, the one doing the training and then the one, like, driving behind it, assessing it. But that made it, like, double double crazy wow they're driving around in pairs it, it must be so bad that they're driving around in pairs like these ambulances yeah man it, it really did change the aesthetic of the world right everyone's locked in at home they're watching the tv that's spewing out this bullshit narrative fiction to them look out the window there's pairs of ambulances racing up and down amazing i take my hat off to the hidden hands how good they are the theater they can they can create well, it's so effective. And again, you did go to Ukraine twice and you documented what was happening there and what wasn't happening there. And you've got your ideas out onto YouTube and then you've been on different podcasts. I've tried to promote your work many times. And so lots of people are from, in this corner of the internet are familiar with what you've done and they think it's a good idea and they've tried to get the idea out there. But realistically... The vast majority of people, including supposedly awake people, for whatever reason, they want to believe in war. They might not realize it, but they actually want to believe it. 
And so even yeah. the ones who figured out that the, the pandemic was a pantomime, even a lot of them, they still seem to want to believe that war itself is real or they get offended when someone like me says, you know what? You know that Wag the Dog movie in 1997 with Dustin Hoffman, Robert De Niro, Kirsten Dunst, William H. Macy? All of these people in this movie and they're faking a war and they're getting away with it and no one's going to do anything about it. Yeah, that's what I think is happening today. I can explain it to people, but if someone has their heart and mind set on believing that war is real, then the evidence means nothing to these people. Now, we've got a lot to talk about today. So we've already covered a little bit of the, the war hoaxery, and we've also done a bit of a rewind to the, uh, the pandemic hoaxery. I did want to chat with you mostly today, if this is cool with you, about some stuff we didn't get time to talk about last time, which was some of your more, shall we say, woo-woo theories about how this reality is similar to The Truman Show, The Matrix, and Westworld. And we promised the listeners on your first appearance that we'd get into a deep dive on all of that. And we just ran out of time. So on this call, Les, if it's cool with you, tell me what you think about this. I want to spend the bulk of our chat today not talking about the war hoaxery or the pandemic hoaxery specifically, but more what you think is going on in this thing that we call life, reality, whatever you want to call it what you really think is going on. It's a bit woo-woo, I have to say, but so are many of my theories. So if it's cool with you, Les, what do you think about this? Let's spend some serious time talking about what's really going on here. Yeah, man, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Before we get to that, though, I want to share with you some good news. I want to read to you some of the comments that were left after your first appearance and get your take on this. So this is about Bombersations number 35 from two months ago. Ravi wrote, Truly wonderful discussion, JLB especially the personal stuff. We all have thoughts and doubts about the purpose of life, and it's nice to hear others articulate these things. You might recall, Liz, that in the second half of our chat two months ago, we did spend some time talking about life. Why are we here? Are we wasting our lives? What are we supposed to be doing? If I spend six hours a day behind a screen, on average, then am I going to get to the end of my life and regret how I've spent this time? We spoke about, you and I are about the same age. I'm 36, you're roughly a similar age, I believe. So we were talking about how, are we supposed to have families? If I get to old age and I don't have a family, will I regret that? If I do have a family now, what happens if in 10 years, my kids, or in 15, 20 years, are complete normies, and they're supporting all of the fakery on the TV? These are some of the things that we spoke about, Les, you might recall. And apparently, Ravi thought that that was a good part of the conversation. Yeah, I, I got the same feedback on my... And I put it out on my on my um, channel. Yeah, they like the real talk. Yeah, man, people like real talk. People want to hear the real stuff, the authentic stuff, you know. Well, we'll get I to think. more of that in just a moment. Technognosis said, "This is my favorite conversation to date. The meander off into simulation and NPC conversation was most unexpected, but most enjoyable. Les is a very likable and interesting character. A deeper dive another time would be something to look forward to in the new year." Great work, you two. Thank you. So he's talking about when we did spend some time last time talking about the Westworld stuff, which I promise we'll get into in just a moment. But TNG had very nice things to say about our chat. And I'm not going to read all of these comments. There was about a dozen left. But I'm telling you right now, Liz, the feedback that we got for our first conversation was terrific. Dante left a massive comment. So thanks to Dante for that one. Joey said that he really enjoyed this chat. He loves that Liz actually went there and recorded it. He said that he sent you a DM on Twitter and that he selfishly hopes that you'll produce more content. A lot of us do, Liz. A lot of us feel as though if there is another fake war, 
whether it's in a month, six months, a year, most of us are not going to bother to go there. But we hope that somebody will, Liz. So I selfishly do hope that you will keep doing what you're doing with your YouTube and your Patreon, what have you. As much as I would be happy for you, if you stopped doing what you're doing, if you did go off and get a normie job that stopped you from doing this, or if you got a normie girlfriend or a normie wife or you had normie kids and had a nice, happy, normie life, I'd be happy for you, Liz. But if that happened, we'd go from one person documenting reality, the illusion warfare, as you call it, down to zero. So I, I selfishly hope that doesn't happen, Liz. Human Vibration said that you are, she said that you, Liz, are a one-of-a-kind and your approach to exploration is both refreshing and illuminating. Excellent discussion. Wow. The dude wrote that it's great to see JLB and Liz manage to engage in this discussion. It was something he was looking forward to for quite a while. He left another terrific detailed comment. It just goes on and on like this. Gino wrote, I like this Liz Luther. Very interesting chat. It does seem that they use the same tactics as they did with the scandemic lockdowns. Closing places, locking people oh, yeah. up in their homes, all to create the illusion of a threat, but also so that no one actually sees or witnesses anything. Negan Tropic left a treatise of a comment, as he usually does. Thank you, Negan Tropic, for that. It just goes on and on like this. Knives Out wrote, fantastic chat. Really enjoy hearing two people who are hoax aware talking about the world. Really great. This should be the benchmark. This is what they wrote. This should be the benchmark for all future conversations. Goodness gracious me. Hilly then wrote, just getting caught up. So Hilly must have listened to this one a month late. He wrote, just getting caught up with this after a month or so away, being busy with the farm. He works on a farm, obviously. Phenomenal podcast. I haven't heard Les in a long format interview. And I have to say, this guy is a G. So that is just a selection from some of the comments that were left after your first appearance on Conversations, Les. What do you make of all of that? So f firstly, it's uh, nice to see that all of your, you know, the gang there, the, um, that, your, the, that tribe there are very positive. And um, yeah, man, I really appreciate all these, these nice comments. You're not, now, you're not now keeping any bad ones away from me now, John. I want to get some bad ones thrown at me. Well, actually, my table. crazy truth uncle, Dave J, wrote this. These guys are both oh, stealing thanks, all of my ideas. I was here first. I'm the first person to debunk the war hoax, and these guys can't hold a candle to me. That's from my crazy truth uncle, Dave Jack. Did he really say that, or are you just taking the piss? I'm taking the piss a little bit. But he does tweet stuff like that, or at least he used to. And I understand he was one of your Twitter okay, trolls okay. for a while there. Yeah, I eventually had to block him. I don't, I don't know what, how he felt about that, but I had to let him go because um, he was making a god of me too much. He just spent too much time obsessing over me, man. Like, Although it's nice being his god, it's not my role, you know. But, um, I mean, I don't listen, yeah? I've never actually checked out his work. And what everyone tells me, his work is really good. But what everyone also says is what I've noticed. He just has that very toxic female attitude, just whining and bitching it all the time. And I think if he loses that and just keeps on his work, maybe he'll get the recognition he thinks he deserves. But I do have to disagree with him that he's the first. Like, he only came around in, what, 2010? The whole... This is a fake reality. It's been going around since Plato's Cave. So what the fuck is he talking about? No, he means to do anyway. with the war hoax. And there was a YouTube truth movement, a so-called... It's funny looking back. People actually used to call it the truth movement. Anyway, so around, say, 2000... Say 2010, 2012, 14. When was the, the big school shooting? That was 2012. So around about that time was when it, it was probably at its biggest. And at that time most of the people involved they were only saying that 
the school shootings or the bomb, the marathon bombings that they were fake. Most of those people never went anywhere near history fakery or war fakery, whereas Dave J did. And he was attacked by a lot of those people. And um, I understand why he feels a bit bitter about all of that. But he was, at least at that time, the most prominent voice calling the wars and the, the conflicts and all this stuff. He was the one who was exposing the fakery before anybody else, certainly before me. So I do give him credit for that. But I agree with you, Liz. If my truth, my crazy truth uncle Dave J could just drop some of his toxicity, then he probably would get more recognition that he does deserve. But if he wants to go around trolling people like you on Twitter, you're, you're the last person he should be trolling. You're the one going and documenting what Dave J has been saying for years and years, but Dave J never went and documented the fake war. You're going there documenting it. You should be the last one that he trolls, I would think, on Twitter. But Dave J, yeah, he just has this strange attitude. It's a shame, really. And I, you know, I, I, I think every time I've pretty much, I've always said to him, like, once, once he starts acting like a man, I will happily promote whatever he's got to say. Once he starts behaving like a man, we need men in this world, yeah, with a bit of integrity and stuff. Um, but as long as he's acting like some um, toxic woman that's angry about the world, I don't know. I've got no time for that shit, man, because I don't want that shit spreading. So, um, and that still stands, man. So I don't know. I don't know where he is. I I, I blocked him because he just he, he was using my platform to promote his work, and he just keep coming on. And I don't know, man. Like, he, like I said, he wasn't a very honourable way to approach it. Like, so I, I don't know, man. Whether he's lost his way, too much time on the internet. I don't know. I, I, I don't know him well enough to speak on that. And obviously, he's not here to defend himself. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like uh, trust him too much, man. But yeah, man. If he if he starts behaving like a man, I'm happy to help him get whatever is good work out there if it is good or not I totally get where you're coming from and I try to see the good if someone's done good work I try to focus on that the good rather than the bad and like I said Dave J did do some good work back in the day and to anybody out there who hears this if you're familiar with this idea of with regards to nobody died nobody got hurt in these wars with regard to nobody died nobody got hurt in these wars that's a guy called Dante who was a member of johnthebond.com who was on a member call that we had like six years ago where Dave J was a special guest. So that infamous line, with regards to nobody died, nobody got hurt in these wars. With regard to nobody died, nobody got hurt in these wars. That's from the special Dave J call. And that was a terrific member call that we had. He wasn't a member of the website. Dave J was a special guest for the member call. And what I'll do is I'll link to that member call in the show notes below for anybody who wants to hear it. You don't need to be a member of johnthebond.com. That one, most of the John the Bond material is just for members, but that one, is available publicly and I recommend people go and check it out. That was Dave J at his best. And it's a shame that on Twitter these days, maybe we're seeing Dave J at his worst. But like I said, I try and focus on the good of people and that was a terrific member call. So I'll link to that in the show notes below. I'll also link to our first conversation, the one with Les Luther from two months ago and all of those terrific comments that you just heard were on that first call. People can go and check that out as well. But you and me, Les, we need to end this part of the recording and come back for the second hour because that's where we're going to get into the real juicy stuff that we promised we would do last time but we ran out of time when we start recording the second hour of this call we're going to jump straight into this Westworld concept that you and Realize Radio Human Vibration and Rambo that you guys discuss fairly often this idea that the world it's not just that they're faking wars or that they're faking pandemics it's not even that they're just faking history that the world as we know it and the people we're surrounded by, maybe all is not as it seems. 
Can you give the listeners an idea? Can you just give us like a taste test for those who might be interested in this kind of woo-woo thinking? That's my words, not yours. Can you just give us a, a rough synopsis of what you and some of your interlocutors think this reality, what's going on here? I mean, I don't know for sure, but I've got a suspicion that there's not actually that many real people here in this realm and that the vast majority are just I mean you can call them what you want just projections I know NPC is is a a word being thrown around avatars shadow people whatever you want I don't know whatever word you want to you want to use but yeah and um, I think the TV show that's kind of nearest to that and kind of showing that is a show called Westworld which I recommend people should watch we're going to talk about that Westworld and toy around with the possibility that that is where we're at. A few years ago, I would have said this is going too far and blah, blah, blah. But the weight of evidence now has stacked in such a way that, yeah, I do think that this world that we live in, there might not be anywhere near as many player characters as most people seem to want to believe. And I've got what I think is some very good evidence to support that. We'll talk about that in the second hour. I'll also explain to you, Les, I want your opinion, because there are some things we agree on, but there are some things where maybe we'll disagree, and that's cool. I'm not sure if you'll agree with me on this one. I think there is also evidence that this idea of predictive programming, I have some evidence, and I want to discuss this, that this whole idea of predictive programming is itself a booby trap to get people stuck from seeing what's really going on. So when you've got someone like Tom Hanks at his Golden Globe Cecil B. DeMille award speech just a few weeks before 3-11-2020, and he says in his speech that whether it's 3 o'clock in the morning or 11 o'clock at night. But it's those moments as an actor where everybody I have ever worked with has helped me get to that place. Sometimes it's 3 o'clock in the morning, and sometimes it's 11, uh, 11 in, uh, 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 at night, in which you just have to somehow put it all together have faith in what the process is, and and go there. He just says those numbers, apparently for nothing. But this was just a few weeks before 3.11, when the coronavirus was characterized as a pandemic. This Tom Hanks character, who was in Larry Crown, and in this film, his character is also called Lance Corona. And in this film, we see 311s and 113s. And this is just a small sample of what I've got on all of this. A lot of people will say, oh, that's just predictive programming. I'm thinking, no, if you've fallen for a bit of programming, you've fallen for a booby trap. There's a much better explanation. So we're going to talk about all of that and much more in the second hour, Liz, which people can access at bombersations.com or via your Patreon, which costs what, like five bucks a month? How much is it? I think you, I think you can just pay one pound. There you go, folks. It could be one or two pound. So if you go to Liz's Patreon and support the one guy who we know of who actually goes and documents this war fakery, you will get the second hour from our first conversation and the second hour that we're about to record right now. That's available either at Les's Patreon or at Bombersations.com. Either one will do. But Les, for those who will not go to your Patreon or go to Bombersations.com, for those who only listen to the public uploads, I'll give you the final thoughts for Bombersations number 42 on the 29th of February, 2024. I'm looking forward to the second part of the call. But for this part of the call, Les... The final thoughts are yours. Take it away. 
you did this to me last time, John. And I just didn't. I, I said, like, John, what the fuck am I supposed to say? Well, you're supposed to say something like, you know what, JLB? I've got some evidence that you don't know about, and I can't wait to talk about it in the second hour. Really set the people up so they're thinking to themselves, I want to listen to this second hour. I want to go to Les's Patreon or to Bombersations.com. Links in the show notes below. I want to go and check out what these guys are talking about. Leave them on a cliffhanger, Les. But, but John, I don't really give a fuck if <laughs> people listen to my shit or not. Um, I hope you keep this in the recording. Yeah, I'm not taking this out. You might not, probably. No, I'm not going to edit this out. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. I don't really give a fuck if people... Uh, I'm at the stage... I, me, personally, I don't give a fuck if people get what I'm saying or not. So, um, yeah, man, I mean... It's going to be a good chat. We're going to have a good woo-woo chat, I think, on number, on the second hour. And, uh, yeah, man. If not, and I think we're going to talk about life as well, which people are going to want to hear anyway. Some life talk. This is the start of Exercise Steadfast Defender. NATO's largest exercise since the Cold War. With regard to nobody died, nobody got hurt in these wars. 500 troops, 162 military vehicles, but this is just the beginning. The ambulance was bombed in Kharkiv in 2022, and the medics are taking it across the UK to remind people here about the violence brought to their country by Russian forces. With regard to nobody died, nobody got hurt in these wars. You ever have that feeling where you're not sure if you're awake or still dreaming? Mm, all the time. It's called mescaline. It's the only way to fly. Hey, look, it just sounds to me like, you know, you need to unplug, man. You know, get some R&R. Hey, what do you think, sure? Should we take him with us? Definitely. Uh, I can't. I have uh, work tomorrow. Ah, it'll be fun. I promise. Yeah. Sure. I'll go. You've been listening to Bonversations. We appreciate and thank all of the supporters who make this possible. Now have yourself a lovely day. With regard to nobody died, nobody got hurt in these wars. How dare you!